Being prepared usually means having a stockpile of supplies and having skills, but there's more to it than that. Are you prepared mentally? Hey, this is episode 803 of the Ready Your Future podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you prepare for a better future. I'm Todd Sepulveda, a regular guy living in the suburbs who understands the need to be better prepared for the future. Hey, as we start this episode, I want to give a quick shout out to Gary for buying me five coffees over at buymeacoffee.com. Gary, you are a great supporter of the podcast, and I thank you very, very much. If you would like to buy me a coffee and support the podcast like Gary, you can go over to buy me a coffee. The link is in the show notes. Uh, You can go and buy me one, two, or five coffees like Gary. So I greatly appreciate all of you who do support the podcast. Hey, I want you to think back to the COVID lockdowns and not from the perspective of where we are now and even what we know now, but I want you to think about the uncertainty that was there when things started to shut down. And maybe you were good, but I also want you to think about the uncertainties that others had. So like maybe your family or your friends or even your coworkers and the worry and the concern and the things that were there. Now, you might be able to steady yourself, but you might be surrounded by people who can't. That will affect you. So as I was thinking about the article for this episode, I started going back in the archives and found an article over at theorganicprepper.com. And this one was written by Fabian Omar, and he lives in Brazil, but he's talking about the need to be mentally prepared for the economic SHTF that's coming. Now, his way of, of approaching this is coming from that economic SHTF. Really, where I'm coming from is there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now. There's a lot of craziness going on. Uh, part of it is the economy, but there's also war and there's politics and everything that's happening out there. And I really do feel that there's going to be pain. And I really do feel like there's going to be uh, just just this. Um, we're gonna we're gonna be going through some hard times, some tough times, and not necessarily that's not survivable, but that's going to weigh heavy on people's hearts and minds. And I think it would be a real smart thing to get mentally prepared. This article is from December 21, 2022. So we're about 10 months out from when this was written. And a lot of things have changed since then on the global scene. And so I want you to be thinking about the things that I'm reading, the things that I'm saying here, and not just applying them to the economic situation, but kind of the world situation that we're in right now. So again, this comes from theorganicprepper.com. The title is How to Mentally Prepare Yourself for the Epic Economic SHTF That's Coming. So let's go ahead and jump into this one. In my last article, I tried to establish the relationship between the economy and SHTF and provide some insight on some implications that institutions and other factors have in determining the outcome of collapse, economic or otherwise. Now let's talk about the practical matters of the looming economic SHTF. It's time to see more about what's coming and how to prepare for it. So I know many people are tired of hearing the economy will crash and will suffer the consequences for years to come. I get mocked all the time for continually talking about a reckoning of epic proportions. For more than a decade, yet nothing has happened. I keep hearing. And my reply to that? Wrong. First, a lot has happened. 
to 2008 GFC was the most severe financial crisis since the Great Depression. Millions got wiped. We can still feel reflexes of it today. Second, and perhaps the most important, the situation of the worldwide economy has deteriorated significantly since then. Now, according to Bloomberg, reports estimate global debt at $281 trillion, and that's by the end of 2020, notwithstanding the possibility of underestimation that's already more than 350% of global GDP. Wait, there's more. Last year, the Federal Reserve printed 40% of all USD currently in circulation. Ouch. With that, I ask, how come nothing has happened? Does it take a three-digit IQ to see the implications? So who said we've seen the worst of this yet? Yes, people will wake up indeed, or one way or another, and what a shock it will be. Very few are aware and even less are preparing for what will likely be a suffer fest. There's always something governments and institutions can do to kick the can down the road. In fact, since early 2008, and even before that, governments have done precisely that in overdrive. Unlike natural disasters, the powers that, can, that be can artificially postpone economic SHTFs. However, not indefinitely. In practice, that this means we may keep living on borrowed time for a while, but at one point, reality will assert itself and catch up. A lot of brilliant people believe that reality is coming soon. And that's why being a prepper is a mindset. In 2018-2019, if someone told you the entire world would lock down for months thanks to a virus and engulf us all in the craziness we're in now, how would you have reacted? When I say bad days are coming, I'm not talking about or trying to predict the end of the world. Arguing that is a distortion. Being prepared doesn't mean I'm living in a bunker with a gas mask and tons of canned food. Life goes on, and we should be out there living it while we still can. But this isn't incompatible with being ready and aware. Don't stick your head in the sand. Use it instead. Is it better to be early and prepared or late and unprepared? With all the warning signs blinking red, the choice should be obvious. Maybe the world of finance and economy are viewed as too complex, too esoteric, too corrupt, in short, too distant, especially by a conscious and pragmatic bunch like preppers. Also, older and newer generations have lived on a tailwind for the last two or three decades, an exceptional situation provided in great measure by fake money printing heavy interventionism, and scandalous bailouts. That undoubtedly contributed to making a lot of people soft and complacent. I don't know if those are the reasons or not. Understandably, most would rather deal with the practical aspects of prepping, also because it's easier. But preparedness is all about planning, forecasting, cycles of abundance and scarcity, rational consumption of resources, resilience, and etc., So in essence, prepping is economy. So those who find things are volatile now shouldn't wait until this runaway train hits society head first. When people realize the size and depth of the fraud and that their wealth, savings, pensions, and rights are in danger or have evaporated, they will react. How much of a storm it will be, we'll see. But that may force the government to crack down even harder to contain the revolt. And if that happens, the mechanics of action-reaction could mean ever-growing bilateral tensions and conflicts within society, and possibly 
external ones too. You may think I am gloomy. However, look into history again and draw your own conclusions. Regardless of what you see or where you live, you can do better than to take things for granted. It is time to remain alert and active, not alienated and complacent. Don't wait until something happens to start researching and learning how to live in a world with an economy entirely different from the one we had for the past 20 or 30 years. I know this sounds like basic prepping advice, but it is less about stockpiling food or ammo and more about not underestimating the blow that living a simpler or more limited life can have on ours, our families, and friends' psychology and physiology too. Guys, I think that last paragraph is pretty important, so I'm going to go ahead and read it one more time. So if you're if you're kind of been zoning out, zone in on this one right here. I know this sounds like basic prepping advice, but it is less about stockpiling food or ammo and more about not underestimating the blow that living a simpler or more limited life can have on ours, our families, and our friends' psychology and physiology too. And so I want to just kind of comment a little bit. The blow that living a simpler life or more limited life, whether you choose to do that or whether it's forced upon you, both can have the same kind of reaction, right? If you choose to do that, you might be able to go into it and uh, maybe you're a little better off because you're choosing it. But if you're if it's forced upon you, um, it can have that negative reaction. I think both can have the ne- negative reaction, but there's that psychology piece to it. That hey, I used to live this way. I mean, how many how many of us have already said that uh, right now? You know, it's like wow, things used to cost this amount of money, or we used to be able to do this, or we used to be able to afford that. And so I just want you to think about a prolonged period of time thinking about life that way. And instead of allowing that to really send you sideways, really using that and being prepared mentally to thrive in a situation like that. All right, let me go ahead and continue here. On that, Daisy provides a wealth of advice on living frugally in many of her books and articles. Jose is also a great source of information and wisdom about everyday life, real life in a collapsed economy. Go back to their writings and heed their words. It's actionable stuff that can provide a lot about preparation and survival during personal and collective economic SHTF events. Now, natural or man-made disasters can have a much quicker resolution, so it's easier to prepare for them in many ways. Stockpiles and other preparations are good for these situations and can ease the blow of an economic crash. But stuff doesn't last forever. Some preppers in Venezuela had food stocked for a year or two. At the time, it seemed a lot, and on all accounts, this helped them go through the early phases. But the ordeal has been going on for 20 years. Think of that for a moment. It's a lifetime, and it hasn't ended yet. The correct mindset is a marathon, not a sprint. This is why gear, stockpiles, and equipment matter, but more in the short term. To provide some comfort, safety, and confidence as a way to soften the blow. Mid and long term, especially in a lasting economic downturn, require a different mentality. Life goes on. It's perfectly fine to keep enjoying your current lifestyle. Continue consuming and using products and services that are still available and your financial condition allows. But get ready for a downgrade. Research, learn, test, get acquainted, 
and live some time using alternative or lower brands and options. See how this change affects you and your family. I know most people can't adapt, but losing can hurt, and it's much better when it's voluntary or we know how it feels. This exercise can ease the transition practically and psychologically and save a lot of work in case of shortages, price hikes, or a reduction in the variety and availability of products which are all common during economic downturns. Don't underestimate the importance of this sort of preparation for surviving a more harsh economic collapse. Just look at the tsunami of mental and psychological illnesses that stemmed from the lockdowns and the whole craziness we're living. Here is more of a practical tip. Refurbishing, reusing, repurposing, recycling, and repairing were common ways to save money during the 70s and the 80s. Inflation is higher on first necessity items and lower or even negative on less essential products and services. These are precisely the ones that can be DIY'd. Installing or repairing stuff around the house or car leaves more to be used in other goods and necessities or saved and invested. You can generate income by doing this too. Tools are still cheap, so it's a good idea to have a good set ready along with complementary items such as screws, blades, PPEs, and other non-perishables, even if you don't know how to use them now. On payday, my father would take us all to the supermarket to pull carts topped. Non-perishables would be purchased all at once to be stored and rationed. He'd also top the tank of the car and pay his bills that same day. It was that or his salary would be over well before the month was. Prices would rise daily, sometimes twice per day. Everyone did the same for decades until the country could contain inflation in the mid-90s. Sounds too crazy? Can you imagine living in such a world? Perhaps you should because even though there's no way to tell what kind of scenario we'll have this time around, a particular type of mentality is necessary to navigate a fast-changing economy and optimize resources. Inflation, deflation, or stagflation scenarios require a shift. We must think in terms of purchasing power instead of affordability when facing an economic SHTF. So think of the many different ways that an economic SHTF can, directly and indirectly, affect you and your family. Consider the implications for your job, your career, your savings, your mortgages, your investments, your pensions, your income, your health care, your everything. Also, think about practical changes in everyday routine. How will transportation, leisure, and entertainment, safety, shopping, and other routines and necessities, yours and your family's, may be affected, both by the changes in the economy, the society, the politics, and your community? Do the above to plan and implement the necessary preparations to provide home and personal safety, health, mental stability, etc. Whatever your views on the whole COVID-19 ordeal, things like virus developments and government impositions, lockdowns, mandates, vaccines, etc. are still a threat and can compound issues. I defend that everyone should be free to decide how to act, but either way, everyone can be impacted by consequences and changes. Use common sense and don't play the fool for anything. Be aware that generational economic downturns don't happen suddenly. There can be shocks and crashes of various magnitudes with more immediate and grave consequences, but things usually occur in stair-step 
cycling through booms and busts as they're happening right now while we ride to the bottom. Short-term means having preparations like cash and provisions to deal with frozen accounts, bank holidays, confiscations, bouts of social unrest, things like that. Midterm can include shortages, disruptions, blackouts, and overall decadence and failure in public service and utilities. And the long-term, all the effects of inflation compounded with stagnant or declining economic growth or stagflation and everything that comes with it. And that's fine. We must accept not worry and not stress. Don't get stuck on that. Reflect, discuss the possibilities, take notes on what you can and move on. Stay calm, positive, and open on what you can't. Stay mobile and agile. Keep improving. Above all, learn to roll with the punches and adapt. Learn to decide fast and act swiftly. None of that takes special skills, much less gear or stockpiles. Inflation is a form of taxation, a very punishing and unfair one. Most important, high levels of inflation mean a broken down state and society which has reflexes and ripples throughout all aspects of everyday life. Expect a lowering in infrastructure investment and maintenance, a worsening or failure of public services and necessities, a general reduction in quality of everything public and private, and of course, all the social volatility that we know will occur. I'd like to read that one again, that paragraph. So focus on this one. Expect a lowering in infrastructure investment and maintenance, a worsening or failure of public services and necessities, a general reduction in quality on everything, public and private, and of course, all the social volatility that we know will occur. Most people today have no idea what are things like the indexed economy, price control, and how the market and government respond to these things. Hint, shortages, withholds, confiscations, price gouging, and all kinds of scams and tricks. There are now entire generations that have no memory of living in such an environment. These issues haven't been on the minds of the individuals and the collective for decades now. Will this lead to mistakes, misreadings, bad judgments, and wrong calls? Probably. The market isn't even considering the possibility of crashes and changes yet. I'm afraid this will worsen the consequences of the impending economic disaster, but I hope I'm wrong. In fact, not just about this, but everything else. So much of what happens in the economy is related to the psychology of the people and the collective. When things are good and everyone is happy, we behave one way. When things are bad and people are in a bad mood, afraid, or pissed, we behave totally different regarding money, savings, and everyday life. And this ends up shaping up the future and the reason why it's impossible to predict it. And guys, that's very important. And that's kind of where I am heading right now where I'm thinking and and people really should be because the overall sense of where people are and the overall sense of the mood is just that, right? And not just the economy, but right now you have all kinds of things, all the, the plates spinning in the air with the things going off in the Middle East with Israel. Now Israel is starting to bomb in Lebanon and Syria, um, even 
the you know american bases are being bombed as well you right being attacked and uh, last thing i read servicemen some of our uh, you know american soldiers were were hurt in that and so how long before that goes uh, i mean it's kind of hot now but it goes really hot and then what happens with all the other things uh, there's uh, reports out there that russia is saying that well this was really great you know this was really a a great move um, that I that Hamas did what they did because it's uh, put the attention of the United States on Israel and we've moved resources into you know closer into Israel and so that helps Russia be able to focus in on Ukraine without so much intervention by uh, the United States. I don't know how true that is or not. But then I was reading maybe China thinks, hey, that's the way to go. And, you know, maybe they start to move in on Taiwan. And so all these different things are up in the air. Um, the shortages that happen, um, I, you know, somebody hit, I, don't, I can't remember if I shared that with uh, the group or not, but um, I, uh, someone hit my truck in a parking lot and uh, it's been in the shop for a couple of weeks now i mean i think i'm getting it this next week and been driving around a small little car and i hate it because i'm so used to driving in my truck but one of the things was you know that's one of the questions i asked is like hey are y'all are going to be ordering parts and you know what about shortages and you know supply train and all that kind of stuff and they said, you know, if it, if it comes to that, we'll do as much as we can, put the truck back together, and then you can, you can drive it around again until, you, uh, until it comes in. And then, you know, you can bring it back in and we'll, we'll take care of it from there. Luckily, they didn't have to do that. They were able to fix everything without ordering parts that were uh, having to come in from, you know, overseas or that were backordered or anything else like that. But I know of people who have waited six weeks for their car to be repaired because they couldn't get the part that they needed. Um, and so we're going to face that. And all that adds to the overall mood, the overall spirit of the age that we're dealing with right now and just how frustrated people can get. Um, you see it, maybe you've seen it at the grocery stores or you've seen it at, uh, you know, in line somewhere that people just start going off and uh, they just, people can't handle it. They're just stressed beyond belief. Um, people are, you know, the, their finances are being, uh, uh, you know, they're being stretched. And so you have all these things that are kind of uh, just coming together, right? This convergence. Um, so again, when people... When, when things are bad and people are in a bad mood or afraid or pissed, they behave totally different regarding all of the you know life and what all life is throwing at them. All right, let's go ahead and end this here. He uh, lists a couple of takeaways, main takeaways. Number one, since no government can produce anything, if much, they have the power to make things worse. In the end, it's always the people who pay the price and have to make all the sacrifices. Number two, while these kinds of significant economic events are terrible for most people, they are also excellent opportunities for those who prepare to move up in life and stay ahead. And I do think that is a great, uh, a great thing to this is like, if you can take this time, like how can I be a benefit and a value out there? Then you can use that to move up in life and stay ahead, right? There's always opportunities. Number three, get busy. Whatever your situation, preparing intellectually, mentally, and psychologically is within reach. Study, get literate in economy and finance, if you will, 
At the very least, don't be an economic denialist. And of course, keep working on any material preparations you deem essential. No one knows about you better than yourself. So betting on on ourselves, whatever happens, is the best strategy of all. All right, so uh, there are 85 comments here on this one, and so a lot of interaction. You know, one of the reasons this came up was um, I recently was at a conference and ran into uh, someone that I knew from um, from uh, a vendor that we deal with, and so I went up to this person because we were in a, I was in a session, and I went up to this person and I'm like, hey, I didn't know that y'all were here, and she said, well, no, uh, I'm I'm not, you know, and I'm. I'm not with the company anymore. And I'm like, what, what happened? And they cut like all that department loose, like all at one time, no warning, no nothing, just they cut them loose. And so now she's, you know, she's, she's a smart girl. She's going to get out there and she's pounding the pavement and she made up her cards and she's, uh, she, the whole reason she was at that conference was to make connections and build relationships. And so, you know, networking, she knew, she knew how to get out there and do what needed to be done. And maybe this was, you know, forcing her, she was thinking, maybe this is forcing me to, to do something that I've always wanted to do, go out and own my own business and, and consult and, and all those different kinds of things. But things can change just like that for anybody. Right. I mean, at any time, people can lose their job. And, and, you know, with people living paycheck to paycheck, you lose your job. Man, that can be a pretty tough situation to be in. And that adds so much stress. And of course, having your preps, there's been so many people that I have heard of throughout the years that lost their job, but they didn't stress at least for food because they had their, their preps. They were able to focus the money that they had on keeping the lights on and keeping, you know, paying rent or the mortgage. And, uh, so they, they were able to get by there. And again, I always say when you, when you prep, prepping gives you options, you know, when you prep and you're out of debt, being out of debt, being prepared, that gets, gives you options, right? So you're not jumping into the, to the next thing and just, you know, might be a job you don't like, but you're having to take it just to bring in some money. And so again, like I said at the very beginning of this episode, I believe that we're going to be in for some rough times, but I do believe that the way that you handle it and the way that you approach it when it happens is going to determine a whole lot. And so I really do think that being prepared mentally you know, not being mad at the Republicans and mad at the Democrats and mad at Israel and mad at Hamas and mad at the, you know, the politicians that have the Fed that has run the, you know, the finances, the economy, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. We, all those things we have no power over. We have power over what we can handle and what we can do. And that's what you need to be focusing on, right? So uh, definitely preparing mentally, preparing psychologically, and preparing to be there for the people around you who are not going to be prepared in that way. I think that's going to be very important. Well, guys, like always, I'm going to link to this article. Um, There's a lot of links here uh, over at The Organic Prepper, and there's 85 comments. You can go and gather some more information, glean some more uh, resources there. That's always a good thing. Well, guys, that's it for episode 803. If you found this episode valuable, I would appreciate a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you haven't subscribed, make sure you click the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And with that, 
Choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government, grid, or the grind. Until next time, live with no regrets and stay prepped and aware. Peace.